and the pitch. Swing and a base hit to left center field. Hank Camilla is going to score. This game is over. On an RBI hit by Mickey Poole. Hello, everybody. Patrick Gordon here, Philadelphia Baseball Review Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. It's Friday, July 3rd. Uh, also known as opening day of summer camp, uh, the Phillies the Phillies will begin uh, official workouts today for summer camp uh, 2.0, I guess, uh, or spring training 2.0, however you want to refer to this. Uh, so Phillies begin official workouts today down at the ballpark, also over at FDR for overflow, you know, for social distancing and things like that. Uh, we're really going to try and get this 2020 season in um, amidst a global pandemic and. It's going to be memorable. Hopefully, it's memorable in uh, all the good ways. But I'll tell you, many people I've spoken with across the sport, uh, officials, front office executives, uh, a few players, there's some concern that this is not going to go, uh, you know, the distance. Uh, a couple of officials I've spoken with have said they'd be shocked and surprised if we get, you know, even a quarter of the way into the season. And I know Buster Olney has uh, went on. Uh, record saying that he'd be shocked if we we get the opening day. I think the next couple of days are going to be crucial. Teams are opening up, players are coming in, reporting, they're doing their initial intake uh, from a medical standpoint, and you're going to get positive results of of COVID. There will be a few dozen players that are going to test positive. Uh, it's a numbers game. It really is. You look at the numbers for the NBA and the NHL. Uh, you know, for players that have returned to their respective camps, baseball is no different. Uh, baseball has you know way more players uh, involved due to the size of the rosters. So you're going to see a very large contingent of players test positive. And right now, it may not seem like that major of an issue for purposes of the season. Obviously, for health, it's it's a serious concern. But for purposes of the season, because we're still, you know, three weeks away. But say this happens, you know, in uh, mid-August, in your 20, 30 games into the season. You know, and, and two or three of your superstars, or worse yet, maybe your rotation goes down, you know, and they test positive. What do you do? Um, you know, I mean, I know the teams are, are, you know, the Phillies have 53 players right now in their 60-player pool. Uh, you know, you, you'll pull some kids up from Lehigh Valley, you know, where they're going to have um, the players that aren't on the active roster. They'll be housed and based out of based out of Allentown. But, uh, you know, from a competitive balance standpoint, you know, if the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Dodgers, you know, if they lose some superstars to COVID, you know, you got to think that this season is going to have an asterisk at the end of it. Um, you know, hell, this season may have an asterisk at the end of it anyway. But I, what? How will the game look if these rosters are, um, you know, just obliterated due to COVID? And again, maybe that's worst case scenario, and hopefully, praying that does not happen. But you take a look around the country, and you put CNN on, and they have the death count and the case count on the right hand side of that screen, and it just keeps ticking up every single day. You look across the news, and you see Florida, you see Texas, you see California, 
And every day you think it's a competition almost, the way they report these numbers about how we're breaking records. feels like we're, you know, Olympic swimming here where every lap is like a world record. Uh, you know, it's bad news. And, and what do you do, you know, if, you know, the Tampa Rays have to go, you know, up the Yankee Stadium and, and face the Yankees? Like, how, how does that look? Especially given the fact that we have some states, New York and New Jersey, that have... Uh, are, are trying to impose 14-day quarantines for people that come from states outside, um, you know, where COVID is running rampant, i.e. Florida. Uh, you know, there's supposed to be a 14-day quarantine. Obviously, that's not going to happen for a Major League Baseball team. Uh, same thing in Toronto. Uh, Toronto has some very strict, Canada has some very strict rules about uh, who can do what where, and, you know, entering the country and things like that with regard to quarantining and COVID. So, it's one of those things that we're just going to need to take day by day. I, I don't think any of us have any real ideas to what, you know, how this is all going to unfold. Um, so the next couple of weeks, um, you know, are going to be crucial, you know, just to get to opening day. Um, you know, in addition to some, you know, people I've spoken with mentioning about fear for opening day, there's a definite fear about postseason play. And, you know, what a mark on the game that would be. We, we lose time because the union and owners couldn't come to an agreement. We lose time, lose games. We play an abbreviated season. And then because COVID flares up, we, we can't get a postseason in. Hopefully, again, that does not come to fruition. But at this point, uh, you know, the way that things have been turning, anything's possible. So just something to, you know, keep in mind and, you know, hope that it doesn't turn out that way. Uh, Joe Girardi today spoke with reporters via Zoom. Um, everything's via Zoom. Your life is Zoom. My life is Zoom. Everything's via Zoom. So Joe Girardi spoke with us reporters today. Uh, he kind of emphasized some of the things that other people around the game have been telling me with regard to, you know, we need the veterans to kind of take a, a leadership role with regard to, you know, policing the younger kids, the, the younger players on the road in particular. Uh, you know, you get to New York, you get to Atlanta, you get to Miami. You don't go out. You don't go hang out in the hotel lobby. You don't uh, take unnecessary chances. You don't want to come down with, you know, infecting yourself and in turn infecting the rest of the team. Um, you know, so he was very adamant about how Look, we, we all want to play this game. We all want to see this work and happen. But if one of us falls down and and kind of gets lax on, on these rules and stipulations that, you know, the Major League Baseball um, Player Association and the and, uh, owners have agreed to, it's bad news. So very interesting how you're going to have uh, veteran players all across the sport, essentially, uh, really policing the game and really trying to get the younger players and, and those that may not, um, you know, necessarily buy into the whole social distancing and, you know, ignoring and, and not having a night out in the town, um, trying to get them to buy into it. So it could bring a different dynamic to how things go uh, forward. Girardi also mentioned about how... Um, Likely going to carry 15 to 17 pitchers on the, on the uh, roster once the season begins. 
you know, keep in mind the season begins, you have uh, 30 players, then 28, then 26, uh, you know, and it breaks down every two weeks you lose two, uh, two players there from the roster. So uh, he's anticipating, again, 15, 17 pitchers. Uh, looks like Jay Bruce will likely be, uh, you know, working with the inside tracks for the designated hitter spot um, with regard to the lineup. So uh, Girardi was, uh, you know, excited. He he seemed very uh, engaged, very, uh, you know, happy to talk baseball. Uh, you know, he seems to be, uh, you know, excited to get things going. He he feels the Phils, you know, have a legitimate shot to compete. Obviously, they do. I mean, they're they're not. Um, they're not in a bad spot. Tough division. I think it's an extremely tough ask to, you know, play in an NL East where you have a couple of really good teams, you know, taking Miami out of it, and then having to double up with the with the American League East. That's where I think the problem is going to come in. You know, you got there's really no soft spots there aside from maybe Baltimore. You know, you got Tampa, you got New York, you got Toronto, who's a young upstart team, and and you got the Yankees. And the Red Sox, and, and again, that the division, you know, is tough. So um, you're going to have some really good baseball teams beating up on each other. And I think it's going to come down to the strength of rotation, your bullpen, areas where I think the fills is back into the rotation, the bullpen, you know, both, you know, a little, little concern there. So, uh, but Girardi, you know, seemed excited today, seemed upbeat, was happy to, uh, you know, like I said, he even said it, happy to be talking about uh, baseball. One item that did come up today um, in conversation, and Matt Gelb uh, of The Athletic was the first to report on this, four players uh, from the Phillies, Reese, or not Reese, uh, Scott Kingery, Hector Neris, uh, Tommy Hunter, and Ranger Suarez, um, all four of their names appeared up on the transactions transactions page uh, on phillies.com today as being placed on the injured list it's it's never really happened in, in my 10 some years of covering fills where they place players on the injured list and don't really give a reason um, or or make an announcement to the press as to what the issue is for a player so immediately you, you, your mind starts running well the fills aren't announcing it and Based on the new guidelines put forth from the Union of Major League Baseball, teams are not supposed to um, mention if a player comes down with COVID. They're not supposed to mention that that's why they're missing time. So immediately, kind of trying to read between the lines, you know, you think, well, it, you know, it must be a positive test. Uh, Girardi mentioned today he couldn't, you know, he couldn't talk about it. Uh, so it's kind of the elephant in the room. With regard to what the situation is with the four, um, it's again a situation where um, it's awkward the way Major League Baseball and the Players Union have agreed to this, where um, you'll know obviously something's up because they're going to be on the injured list, but there won't be any explanations to why they're on the injured list. Whereas if somebody pulls a hamstring or you know, uh, gets uh, you know pulls a quad or a bicep or something. You'll you'll know that they'll they'll make note of it, and it'll be announced. Um, so again, it's just very wishy washy how this uh, whole COVID list uh, and the injured list is gonna gonna look. Um, so Gerardo really couldn't give any timetable on the four um, when pressed about 
you know, would they be ready for opening day? Again, you're talking three weeks. Uh, he really couldn't say. So you have to wonder: is it, you know, is is it COVID? Is you know, are are they playing it that close to the vest? Um, you know, and and again with this disease, we've we've all seen it in the news, and you know, unfortunately, some people know it even uh, you know with family members and their friends where. It doesn't matter how old you are, how in shape you are, you get this, it, it knocks you down for a little bit um, and can do a lot worse than that. So, again, just something something to uh, to keep an eye on. And this is going to be an issue throughout Major League Baseball. Um, this is not going to be just a Philadelphia thing. This is going to be uh, a much, much bigger uh, you know, issue in how these teams are going to, how these teams are going to function. You know, can you imagine... What what's you know we're say the Phils are up you know entering September four game lead in the division and you know Nola Hoskins and Harper test positive um, you know what, what what do you do it's it's just kind of this luck of the draw unfortunately um, but that's that's what I think is gonna you know that's gonna be the cloud that's over baseball uh, in 2020 earlier this week too. Uh, Matt Clintax spoke with reporters, also via Zoom, and uh, he was asked about JT Realmuto. If you recall, um, back in March, it seemed like the Phils and JT Realmuto were making you know some solid progress on contract talks. Um, Realmuto, it's believed to be looking in the vicinity of um, twenty to twenty-three mil a year, five or six years. Well, then COVID came, and unfortunately, Major League Baseball put a, a hold on. You know, you couldn't talk contracts, couldn't do anything with the roster. And in turn, um, you know, Clintac mentioned this week that, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll resume talks, we'll reach out uh, to Real Muto's people, but the climate and landscape have changed a bit. And immediately, once that quote hit social media, fans, you know, started lashing out at, at Clintac. You know, this is one, you can't fault him for that answer. If you think about it, if Citizens Bank Park, there's not going to be anybody there. Um, you know, teams are going to take major financial hits this year all across the sport. Um, so to just, you know, I, I don't know what, what people would have expected Clinton to come out and say there. Um, you know, I think, yeah, they're going to definitely engage with Real Muto. And, and I think there's, you know, a solid shot that they'll uh, come to an agreement. But to think that... Clintac in that position should have, you know, been a bit more rosy with his answer. I, I don't really think that's a fair uh, expectation or a fair ask. Um, again, John Middleton has money. It's it's not a matter of, you know, the Phils being cheap in this situation. It's a matter of, look, we need to see what the landscape is is going to be, and and that's essentially what Clintac said. So, uh, another storyline to follow there. Spring training continues. Um, you know, to, to inch closer to opening day. I personally think, you know, if the odds are good before opening day, I think if this drags into opening day or beyond, uh, you know, I think at that point, um, you know, the fills may be uh, in a little bit of a lesser, the, the likelihood drops that they're going to end up signing him to a long-term deal. So, you know, we'll see. I think, Real Muto's camp could be viewing this as now with the DH in the National League, you know that his value can go up a bit. Uh, he'll get out from behind the plate, won't have to catch as many games. Uh, you know he can rest. 
uh, ideally avoid some injury, um, you know, from getting out from behind the plate. So, uh, you know, it, it's, again, a, a tricky situation right now. I don't think anybody really knows how uh, free agency is going to shake out, um, given, you know, the financial situation now that many teams find themselves in, plus, you know, with, uh, you know, potential, potential um, you know, uh, issues with regard to because um, of the bargaining agreement and things like that. So, you know, we'll see uh, how that goes. One item of note here <laughs> I wanted to touch base on, um, Andrew McCutcheon. So, Clintac and Girardi both mentioned McCutcheon is at 100%. Um, he will be ready for opening day, which is great. Uh, last year, the Phils did, ex- they did you know, well with him at the top of the order. Uh, I think he had a 115 OPS plus um, before he ended up you know, tearing, uh, you know, the ACL, and, um, you know, once he left the lineup, Phil's really struggled, um, you know, and I think a lot of that, too, to be quite honest, was more so in the clubhouse, I don't think it was just what McCutcheon brought on the field, I think a lot of it had to do with his veteran presence, um, he, he just, he's uh, a character in a good way, um, you know, and I think the Phil's missed him, and I think uh, having him back healthy, you know, for the 60-game stretch is going to be good. You know, Girardi mentioned today that he thinks, um, you know, the short season in this case is a good thing for a player like McCutcheon coming off of a serious injury. You know, you don't need to sit there and worry about how am I going to get through 140 games or 150 games. Um, you know, you have a 60-game season. Um, you you know, you, you, you get through 50, and you got ideally a couple of postseason games, hopefully. Um, you know, I think that's you know, an easier ask of somebody coming off an injury like that. So, um, you know, McCutcheon is 100% healthy, expected to be um, their opening day uh, in the Phil's lineup. The other reason I would bring Andrew McCutcheon up, I don't know anybody out there in, in uh, you know, listening, if you're into uh, baseball card collecting, but if so, I would encourage you to do an eBay search or a Google image search for Andrew McCutcheon's 2020 Topps Series 2 card. It is an awesome picture of him sporting the burgundy Phillies jersey. Uh, it's half unbuttoned. He has this vest, or uh, not vest, a uh, gold chain, uh, glasses. It's it's it is a baseball classic um, card, and the it's um, you know just a great image. It's a short print. So um, again, for those of you familiar with baseball cards uh, and collecting, especially modern cards, you may be familiar with short prints and. Um, you know variations and things like that. So this is a variation short print card um, of his regular 2020 Top Series 2 card. Um, last I checked on eBay, they were going for 200, 230 some dollars um, for an Andrew McCutcheon uh, Tops baseball card. So uh, again, if you get a chance, uh, take a look. I may put something up on Instagram or on uh, the website over the coming days for for that, just as it continues to you know catch steam. But uh, it's a it's a really cool cool card you know think back to those cards from when you were collecting as a child you know you remember some of those images you know even if the players weren't that great you remember those you know 1987 poses you know uh from the top set um you know and you remember how how goofy some of those staged pictures were um so it's nice to see the fills you know getting some love there from tops and having uh, McCutcheon as a short print. Obviously, there's Javi Love all the time for Bryce Harper. 
Um, and he had a couple short prints last year. I think he has one in a Series 1 set this year as well. He does, actually, thinking about it now. Um, but either way, it doesn't hold a candle to this McCutcheon card. So definitely want to encourage you to um, take a look at that. Sad news, minor league baseball season being canceled. Um, you know, it's a rough go, yes, from the players, but also you think about all the you know people that work at those ballparks. Um, you know, they're not making a lot of money. And to have an entire season wiped out through no fault of their own, uh, it's really unfortunate. So thoughts out to all of the workers and people that make baseball uh, a possibility at the minor league level. Uh, you know, throughout the country, it's a real shame what's going on with minor league baseball, not just with what happened this year with COVID, but also with the plans to, you know, eliminate, uh, I believe it was upwards of 40 teams, uh, you know, across the sport. It's never good when the sport contracts. Uh, I think the sport needs to grow and not contract, um, especially in cities where, you know, it's it's uh, the only game in town. Um, I think that's that's a great thing for, for the game of baseball, and to lose that, you know, it's very... It's unfortunate. I understand it's a business, but at the same hand, um, there has to be some some forward thinking about growing the game. And um, you know, I'm not sitting here saying I have the answers. I don't, but it's an unfortunate thing to see uh, you know teams getting cut and seasons being canceled and lost, and you know um, the college season being you know ascend you know lost this year. And the draft going to just five rounds. I mean, so many negative things have happened, uh, you know, in the baseball this year that um, hopefully this season, hopefully it gets, you know, not only gets underway but finishes in, in totality because it will be such an, uh, you know, uh, a negative and a black eye, I think, you know, if, if we get this thing going full speed ahead and you just can't finish. Um you know, I don't think it'll be at the same level as, say, 1994 with the Expos, uh, you know, in first place and, and the, you know, when the season was halted. But I think it will definitely be, um, you know, sad to see us get to a certain point and, and the luck pulled. So hopefully that does not happen. Um, so next, um, next podcast will air probably uh, early next week. Um, again, keep it on PhiladelphiaBaseballReview.com for all your Phillies news uh, and local college and high school news. You know, we have a couple pieces coming up um, regarding some college players that are uh, that have been drafted um, or that are playing in some of the college leagues down south, um, which is great. Um, so keep an eye there. Also, if you're not already, be sure to follow me on Twitter, P Gordon and PBR. Um, also, newsletter. Um, feel free to uh, reach out, find me on Twitter. I can send you the link, or uh, you can also subscribe visiting our website, pop up box, um, subscribe to our daily newsletter, send out some messaging each day about you know, what's going on in the world of baseball uh, in Philadelphia. And it's just a good uh, good thing for you to see early in the morning, get you uh, get you all set for um, today to come. So, um, talk to you soon. Uh, hopefully we have um, good news, good news going forward to continue and report on.